You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for joining us. The Midwest Literary Walk typically takes place every April in downtown Chelsea. And each year it is one of my favorite events here in Michigan. This year, the event is adapting to COVID-19 and will be going virtual on April 24th. The Literary Walk is going to host three acclaimed authors to sit down for a series of live interviews on that day. New York Times bestselling author Lori Halls Anderson is slated as the event's inaugural conversation, and it'll take place virtually this Saturday at 1 p.m. Anderson's most recent book, Shout, chronicles her own experience surviving sexual assault and also examines society's failure to address sexual violence. Lori Halls-Anderson, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you very much. So you open this book by writing, quote, this is the story of a girl who lost her voice and wrote herself a new one. That is such a wonderful and artful phrase. Uh, talk more about that line and why you chose to open your memoir with it. Oh, thank you. Um, well, Shout is related to my first novel, which was called Speak, that was published in 1999 uh, to very little fanfare, but uh, has become one of the standard books in high school curriculum across the country. Speak is a story of uh, a girl who sexually assaulted just before ninth grade begins. It's a fictionalized accounting of what I went through, and it looks at her struggle to find her voice. Um, much to my surprise, the book turned out to be popular, and I was uh, invited to speak at schools across the country, listening to students, high school students across America, and recognizing that people weren't giving them the information they needed to talk about healthy consent-based sexuality, much less bring up their own incidents of sexual violence. That's what led me to write Shout!, uh, this this career of writing books for kids and teenagers is completely unexpected. Not one of those things I planned on, but it, it in the in the course of writing these books for kids, it's helped me reclaim my own voice. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk at all about your experience with sexual assault and and how that has shaped not only uh, your outlook on the issue and your life, but but shaped your work? as a writer. Absolutely. Um, You know, one of the the best things I can do as a survivor of sexual violence is to model what survivorship looks like. Everybody gets to decide for themselves how they want to handle it, how public they want to be. But I've decided to be pretty public about it. Mm. I was raped a few weeks before ninth grade started uh, by a 16-year-old boy who I thought might be interested in dating me. Uh, it was very different than the circumstances in my novel speak. Uh, it was the middle of the afternoon in a very secluded part of a park. And uh, it started out with some delightful kissing, and then he wanted to have sex, and I didn't, and he was bigger than me. Mm. I didn't tell anybody. I thought it was my fault. Uh, I knew my father would be incandescently angry if he found out. So I, like a lot of young, especially young victims, just tried to push it away and and push it down. It led, of course, the way violence does to um, PTSD and depression. I used a lot of drugs to get through ninth grade. um, And the fact that I survived that year is a miracle to me. Mm. 
And and talk about the the approach that you take in this memoir. It's not a it's not a typical memoir. <laughs> no. Well, every no one's story is typical though. <laughs> Isn't that the joy of memoir? Right? Because right? we want to hear people's experience through their own framing and through their own words. Uh, I believe that poetry um, is, is, is the most powerful form of literature that we have. A poem is either a punch in the gut or it's, a, it's an embrace, it's a hug. And sometimes the best poems can contain both elements. Uh, my dad was a poet, mm. uh, so I learned at a young age how to love the form. And that's what I wanted to do with my story. Uh, is is to leave a lot of white space on the page, blank space on the page, so that readers can reflect on it, but also just, you know, so with those words, just those few words that carry the most impact, which is easier to do in poetry than in a, uh, a narrative form. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you talk about the power of sharing those experiences? I mean, I feel like in the last couple of years especially there's been a real uh, push to encourage people who have survived this kind of uh, trauma to share it as a way of owning it really uh, uh, and a way of embracing um, you know the story as their as their own um, for you what does that feel like and and I guess how do you think uh, your experience here might empower other other people to do the same? Well, I, I, I can only go on, on what I've heard from readers of my book, um, and there are many of them. And the messages that I get either directly in face-to-face, you know, back pre-COVID when we could get, go to actual book festivals, mm-hmm. or in DMs and emails and things like that, who tell me that, that when I speak up, when they see somebody like me or other survivors of sexual violence speaking up, that gives them permission to speak up too. Uh, our culture sends the message that we're not supposed to talk about sex, even though it's everywhere. Mm. Um, and what winds up happening is that people who are the victims of sexually violent crimes get shamed and blamed and don't speak up and don't get the help that they need. There's two elements to this. One is to support survivors, which let's recognize are not always female. Men, men and boys can be uh, victims of sexual violence, and so can our transgender siblings. Um, so this is a, a crime that affects everyone. Overwhelmingly, the perpetrators are male. Um, and I think when I'm working with teenage boys and listening to what they think the world is and what they think the rules are, I know so much sexual violence. So it comes down to the fact that we don't talk to our kids about sex as a culture. We don't talk to our kids in, in like I said, healthy consent-based sexuality. So many of our teenage boys are learning about sex through um, online pornography, most of it unethically produced, and they think there's supposed to be a struggle. There's mm-hmm. supposed to be an, uh, an element of violence or If it's there, it's not a big deal. So I know from listening to the people I've I've interacted with, plus groups like RAIN, the Rape, Abuse, Incest National Network, which has the number one largest hotline anonymous support for victims, that when victims see other people stepping up and saying, yep, this happened to me, 
it was not my fault. Mm. I was the victim of a crime. I got the help I needed finally. Let's support everybody who's a victim of this crime to get the help they need. But let's also do a better job educating the next generation of our kids so that we don't have this crime happening as often as we do now. Yeah. I'm talking with Lori Halls Anderson. She's a New York Times bestselling author. And her new book is Shout. It is a memoir in verse about surviving sexual assault uh, and the Me Too era. She is a featured author for this year's Midwest Literary Walk, and she's going to speak at 1 p.m. on Saturday. You can register at MidwestLiteraryWalk.org. Let's talk about what you will talk about on Saturday. Uh, What what will you tell uh, folks who show up for the Midwest Literary Walk? Well, how much I miss them. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, gosh, I miss going to literary festivals. One of the coolest things to be an author at a, at a place like that is you get to listen to other authors. Um, uh, I guess that, that it, we're, I'm adapting to the virtual world. Right. Um, and uh, I'm actually, I've converted a closet in my house to my own virtual studio. <laughs> Who could have ever imagined that? I think we are um, all in that, uh, in, that <laughs> in that boat, converting parts of our houses into right? studios for radio or television. And it's a little strange. <laughs> yeah. So I hope it'll be a, a friendly experience. Uh, it is possible to talk about these very hard and damaging issues uh, and to, to have those conversations from a place of light, mm. from a place of peace. Um, I, I guess that when I, like I said, when I when Speak First came out, I thought, oh, hopefully maybe this book will help a couple of other victims feel seen and, and help them find the language to, to, to get the support they need. Mm-hmm. And now I know that this is a larger conversation that we need to have. The other thing is that this book is a crossover book. It was, you know, I'm traditionally published for kids and teenagers, but this is also a book that's aimed at adults. Mm. My fondest hope is that this can be a book club book. And for me, a literary festival like Midwest feels like just one of the best book clubs ever. Mm. You're surrounded (laughs) by kindred spirits, listening to stories, talking about stories. It's just this joyous, joyous thing, especially in this dark year that we've been having that seems to be going on for a long time. So, but this is a book club book. Yeah. Um, and for parents or educators, um, or family members of teens who, gosh, I want to talk to the kids in my life about these things, but I don't know how. Books like this, like Shout, but also Grown by Tiffany D. Jackson. Um, uh, Nikki Grimes has a wonderful memoir out called Ordinary Hazards. Mm. By reading these books, that gives us some of the language that we need to talk about uh, sexual violence, to talk about healthy sexuality. And I found in my experience um, as a mom, as well as a writer, that you use books like this to triangulate conversations, Mm -hmm. because no teenager in the world or no partner or friend in the world wants to, I read this book about sexual assault, and I think we should talk about it. No, you know, but let's, let's. When you talk, but when you set the book up and say, well, what did you think about that character? Instead of like shaking the finger in the face, what did you think about what happened? It's the same with watching a movie and discussing a movie. Uh, it gives us the language, it gives us the models, and it gives us permission to talk about hard things. Mm. Wow. 
Okay, Lori Halls Anderson, uh, it was really great to have you here with us on Detroit Today, and we look forward to uh, your talk at 1 p.m. on Saturday during the Midwest Literary Walk. Thanks so much for joining I appreciate that. Take yeah. care. Yeah. Okay, and again, Midwest Literary Virtual Walk, Saturday, April 24th. 2021, uh, Lori Halls Anderson will kick it off at 1 p.m. You can register for free, of course, at MidwestLiteraryWalk.org. And WDET is a partner with the Midwest Literary Walk. Okay, that's going to do it for us today. Come back tomorrow when we continue to commemorate Earth Week with a conversation with Dr. Kyle White, who's a professor of environment and sustainability at the University of Michigan and also a member of the Biden Environmental Justice Advisory Council. Plus, I'll talk with the author of a new book about the flaws of forensics. This is 1019 WDETFM, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.